Good afternoon, good evening, and happy morning to all you happy fine folks out there. It's me, Brooks. Please be sure to tune into our live Zone of Truth on Saturday. We'll be revealing the final character of the Bestow Curse Party. As always, huge thank you to all of our patrons. It's listeners like you that make this whole thing possible. With that, enjoy episode 140, Rosemary's Doll. and things that go boom then buckle up listener because this one's for you prepare yourself for the hideous laughter podcast hey everybody and welcome back to the hideous laughter podcast episode 140 brooks what you drinking buddy Oh, was not expecting that. I'm drinking an okay, yeah, from Wolf's Ridge. It's a juicy little IPA. It's a good beer. Is that how Air Bear's feeling after that harm <laughs> smell last episode? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any good? It is. It is what exactly. What kind of beer is that? Juicy little. IPA. Juicy little IPA. Yeah. You want to try it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you got me. You caught me. Ooh, that's nice. I think it's just a really, really solid, full-bodied IPA that's very, very fruity. Speaking of solid, full-bodied. Hey, Steve, what you drinking? What's up, man? <laughs> Yeah, you know me, full-bodied with the thick lips and thick hips and all that nonsense. Full-bodied. Fucking shit-eating grin that you had when you said it. You had to say that so slow. I am drinking a beer called uh, Cremenez de Passion. Uh, This is from Five Rabbits, brewed in Bedford Park, Illinois. It is a double IPA with passion fruit and lactose. Speaking of someone who couldn't drink that... Hey, it's me. <laughs> Can't have that lactose in the beers. But I am drinking a Founder Solid Gold. Some might say I'm on a kick. Mainly that's because... You have 24 of them. There's 24 of them. <laughs> and I need to finish them. But they're great. Haley, what you got? I am currently drinking some high-quality H2O, but when things inevitably get dire, I plan to probably switch to vodka or tequila. And Emily our patron beverage recipient. Did they give you something nice again? Oh, they sure did. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> hey, we've all had pretty good drinks so far on this this round of the drink poll. That's fair. They've been nice to us. Tonight, I have the Nethal Gone Girl, which is peach schnapps, rum, blue curacao, and Sprite. It was suggested by Tristan. Nice. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, actually. It is. It's 
it's kind of a fruity, light drink, and it's bright blue from the blue carousel. It's perfect. Just like Tristan. Fruity, light, bright blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, as not to belabor this point, let's get into it. But we need our finale roll-off. All right, Haley, you're going down. With a six. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Twinning. Oh. <laughs> Guess you got to drink twice. Going down. 18. One. Got him. Oh. Whoa, she has to drink twice a terrible amount. Yeah, this is terrible the Terrible drink. That's what happens when you keep drinking water on the show. Mm. Sorry. I like to be hydrated. I mean, beer hydrates you, kind of, right? I can't drink beer. Mm. I mean, <laughs> seltzers hydrate you, kind of. <laughs> it's wet. It's wet. And if it's below a certain percent ABV, you can substitute it for water. Them's the rules. Look it up. We're in a medieval society in this game. That's what they would have done if the water wasn't potable. They would have brewed 3% beer and drank it. That's why all the kids are weird. Okay. Can yeah, we get into I, it? I, okay. This is why the kids are weird. <laughs> this is why the kids didn't grow up already. Right. Can we start playing? This is why all the townsfolk in this town are weird, all right? Because we're just hammered all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Keep giving these kids beer. Can't have kid beer all the time. Kids are fucking lit. <laughs> when do you graduate from kid beer to adult beer? It depends on the country, 11. I guess. Right, yeah. If, if we're talking olden times, earlier than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up real quick. Probably because of all the kid beer. <laughs> Along with the kid cigarettes. <laughs> kid tobacco. You guys, let's get into this. <laughs> Is that a bubblegum cigarette? No, it's a kid cigarette. Anyway, when last we met our heroes... They ventured upstairs in the Undiamede house, and they came across the vizier of the Recondite Order of the Indomitable Sea. After a very difficult and harrowing couple of rounds, we ended the episode with Eclipse swiping the head off of this bloated, pallid, fish-like man. And that's where we find ourselves right now. So... Eclipse, you slash with a brutal hit, and it slices the head right off the vizier. His fleshy cheeks kind of pitter and patter and roll off of the wooden floor. But before you can celebrate, you see that his body hasn't fallen to the ground. And in fact, it begins to spasm and twitch and make jerky lunging motions towards you. And then it stands up stiff as a board. And you see this bulge from under the vestments rise. And you hear the crack of the vizier's collarbone and then the sickening squelching rip of it pierce through his skin both shoulders 
become dislocated and the arms hang limply to the side as the neck hole widens and this fleshy tumor erupts out of the neck. The chest of the vizier crack, 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 ribs breaking and ripping through the skin. You see tentacles writhe from outside of his chest cavity as his intestines drop to the ground. And this tentacled pustule of a monster half vizier's body, half writhing mound attacks at you. So we're still in combat, baby. Griffin, why have you put down the same mini that killed Lyra? Because it's got like, it looks like a fucking pustule thing with a bunch of tentacles. No other reasons. No other reasons at all. So what's going to happen here is I have an attack coming at Eclipse and an attack coming at Air Bear. These are two slams. So to Eclipse, a 21 won't hit you. Nope. And then to Air Bear, uh, that will also miss. Then a tentacle sweeps over to Air Bear, attempting to wrap up his small mouse-like legs. Ooh, and that's a miss as well. So you have this writhing creature in between all of you, and Freya is the first to act behind the blade barrier, which is still... You still feel the air coming off of it as these blades spin. It's disappointing that she's still separated from the party, but it honestly does give her a little bit of protection, at least from full-on attacks from this creature. She's not feeling great after that first part of the combat, and looking around at the party, from what she can see, everybody looks like they've taken quite a few hits. So she channels some positive energy. Will that actually get me? Because I don't have to go through a wall. Uh, you're You're within 30 feet, and it's not... There is an open doorway, but I don't know how much, like, the spread goes. But the door is open, correct? The door is open. There's just a barrier of blades between you and everybody. But you can channel through that. Yeah, I just, when I I think about walls, right, like, we don't ask our clerics to selectively deselect or pick or don't pick people who are through walls because we don't know they exist when... I'm just trying to understand. Is you have that to say Freya thing? doesn't even have line of sight on you, uh, and it would be a burst from her would go straight through a wall to you, so no, you're not a part of this. Okay. I don't even think Freya saw you materialize. She didn't, know. No. Nor can she. Yeah, so she wouldn't know. Uh, that was 16 points of healing, and then you get the roll twice and take the better. Certainly welcome. Freya, you are up first. You saw this terrifying thing. I need a will save. Uh Uh-oh. Not great. An 18, unless this is a spell or spell-like ability that it's doing. An 18. That is correct. It would be a 20, otherwise, if it's a spell. Sure. You see this happen, and it's one of the most disgusting, unnatural things you've ever seen. You take nine points 
of sanity damage. Ooh, that's oh, a lot. No. That's a lot. Hi. Can I do a knowledge check on this creature? You can. It would be a dungeoneering. Why couldn't I have rolled this before a dirty 20? You don't get any questions. Uh, I'm sorry. This is too rare for the normal knowledge mechanics. All right. It was just so horrifying. Yes. Um, Couldn't think about it. I'm going to need you to roll me a D percentile here. Oh, no. Really throwing a lot of things at us all at once, Griff. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to all of this for each of you on your turn. Oh, okay. Darn it. I should have used one of my good cards. I had to roll twice and take the better, and I didn't use it. Ugh. That was dumb. 97. Okay. Oh, no. You are temporarily terrified of this situation. It's what's happening right now is so horrifying and so beyond your medical expertise. You are currently shaken. Okay. But she's not running away in fear? Not yet. Okay. Ah, yikes. Air Bear, you're up as well. What are you going to do? Yeah, I know that I'm going to full attack, but... I am going to need you to make me a will save. Yes. I would suggest rolling twice and taking the better. Yeah, learn from my mistake. Well, I have I have uh, resolute, so I could use resolve. And that's what I'm going to do. Why would you not take the free roll twice and take the better? I mean, I guess I could do that as well on top of these. Or I guess... He has a... I have the ability. He can roll twice and take the better on any roll. He has an ability oh, that lets him do uh, it on this roll. Only for this, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Fortitude and will saves. I really like the the second one. Sure. Uh, you 22. 22. You take four points of sanity damage. But I do not need you to roll on the percentile table. And now you may take your full attack. But make sure you're... Uh, Accounting for that symbol of pain that's still in effect. Maybe. <laughs> Alright, so I am going to be using my roll twice on my highest attack bonus, which is not great. Okay. They're all pretty not great. Does a 19 hit? No. Does a 22 hit? No. Okay. Much better this time. Much, much better. Does a 28 hit? Yes. Then that is a critical threat. And the 29. That hits. As well. And that, that'll that be it. For sure. Yeah, roll to confirm that crit. Yeah, I should do that. Only one of them. Another, another 18. Or an 18 this time. 18 on the die or 18? Uh, 18 on the die. Uh, for... 27. That is a confirmed critical. Yeah. 37. Bear, for the first time in a long time, you cut into this creature and it cuts like butter. You feel like all of that damage went through. Next in the order is Matumbe. Matumbe, I'm going to need a will save. Take a plus two to this. You have seen a creature explode out of the cranium 
of someone else already this campaign. Okay. So your mind is a bit guarded against it. Very, very interesting. I will still be using my roll twice, take the better, and we'll see how it goes. Been there, seen that. Natural 20 <laughs> for a 32. Natural 20, you still take four points of sanity damage. I've However, got a lot of sanity damage now. You do not have to roll on the percentile table. How how much sanity damage are you dealing with right now? I have eight. Eight, okay. So it I sounds want, like a lot. I, I don't want know. to, at this point, make everybody aware of a little bit of the sanity rules that will be important if if you hit them. If you take sanity damage equal to your highest mental ability score, you immediately get an insanity. If your current sanity level, so you have a sanity pool, that is the sum of all of your mental stats. If you have sanity damage equal to half of that or more, the insanity that you take is a greater insanity instead of a lesser insanity. Greater insanity, yeah, greater madness. These things are no joke. So the sanity damage isn't going to do anything really to you until you take a big enough chunk of it to, like, so Matumba, you'd have to, like, really take a ton of sanity damage at once Mm -hmm. to be, uh, to start going insane. But if you have taken half of your mental stats insanity damage already, when you do go insane, it's greater instead of lesser. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I've got... I've got pretty av- I mean, I've got average wisdom and charisma. My intelligence is a 24. Yeah. So. The other thing is, and it's what Freya experienced, if you take more than five points of sanity damage at once, you temporarily have a lesser madness. Mm, okay. Right now, you're very phobic of what this thing is. Ah, oh, that's a lesser madness. Okay. So, Matube, go ahead and take the rest of your turn. I just wanted to get that out there so the listeners can understand a little bit about what we're rolling for. Excellent. All right. Uh, Knowledge Dungeoneering check. Absolutely. Sounds good. So, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably a monster, correct? Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right, cool. So, I still am taking a negative four to this roll because of the symbol of pain. However, with my Lethid Stat Investigator's cap, I do get a plus two. So, really, it's a net minus two to this total. Let me do some math here. It's going to total out to 34. 34 gets you two questions. Well, one of those is definitely going to be special defenses. Sure. Special defenses, it's immune to mind-affecting effects, but that is all. Okay. What's Free question. What's the creature's name? This is called a spawning canker. Hate that. We just need some salt, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, this thing's pulsing angrily. All right, I want to bane it. What's its subtype? Uh, It's an aberration. Cool. Knowing that... Uh, Matumbe is going to enact Bane. Your weaselly ways will not work on my steel trap of a mind. And I'm going to attack twice over Air Bear with these big, long, gangly arms that I got um, last combat from using long arm. There we go. There we go. 29. 29 hits. 
All right, I'm going to assume he doesn't drop with my one hit, so I'm just going to roll my second attack now, get it out of the way. And that definitely won't. That's a six on the die. 20 points of damage. Clips will save. This is mind affecting. And I get a plus two. And you get a plus two. Cool, cool, cool. 24. 24. You take four points of sanity damage, but other than that, you're okay. All right, I'm up to six. Okay, I'm going to um, try and hit it. Sure. I'm going to try and hit it twice, of course. You are flanking. Take that into account. Your bane is no longer working. I'm aware I took it off already. It's not humanoid. Okay, okay. 28. 28 hits. And a 30, so I know that hits. Okay, cool. I hit both times. Wow, I got the same rolls for damage, too. And so I got 25 both times, so 50. 50 points of damage. That, that's, that's it. Sounds good. It is its turn. It didn't like being attacked like that, so it's going to slam twice at you. Huge regret. <laughs> uh... How does a 33 treat you? That treats me like hit. Okay, so one hit, one miss. You're going to take 20 points of damage. Then a tentacle is coming out at you. 35. That hits. Okay, that does 15 points of damage. Now it's going to attempt to grab you. Forty-two. That grabs me. Okay. It's going to constrict you now. Okay. Whew. Okay. You take ten points of damage from the constrict, and you take three points of charisma damage. No save. No way. As the creature begins to feed on you. Is Freya able to see this now that Eclipse has been grabbed? and like pulled in or she still can't see Eclipse. She's still in her spot back behind the wall. <sighs> I have liberating command prepared. Next in the order is Freya. Do I need to make an additional save or is that the end of my turn? Or? You do need to make an additional okay. save. I'm rolling twice and taking the better this time. Is it another will save? Yes. Uh, and I'm rolling with a disadvantage right now from that shaken condition. Yep. 21, unless it's a spell or spell-like beats, ability. Beats. Oh, thank goodness. You do not run away in fear. Oh. Go ahead and take your turn. Is she still shaken? Oh, yeah. Okay. Freya is terrified on the other side of this blade barrier, and under her breath, she's just muttering to herself, my fear does not control me. And she pumps herself up and compensates for her terror by looking more menacing. And she radiates an aura of menace. Uh, So that's a minus two to the AC attacks and saves of this creature. Um, And it doesn't specify mind affecting. Unfortunately, since she can't see that Eclipse has been grabbed, she, and doesn't even know that she's been grabbed, she can't cast freedom of movement or liberating command. So that's going to be her turn. Sounds like I might be giving into the lopper. Air Bear. I mean, yeah, seeing Eclipse uh, 
get grabbed. Absolutely gonna try to slash away and well, probably pretty obviously see Freya not immediately come to Eclipse's aid after that, and so he would call out to her. Really, at least tell Freya that Eclipse is grabbed. It was a 26 hit. Because of your good pal Freya, it does. Oh, yeah. And that means it's critical threat. <gasps> Yay! 26, including the... Oh, I guess I'm not flanking anymore, huh? Yeah. All right, um... You would still be flanking. Oh, okay. Oh. I just fe- I feel less threatening. <laughs> oh, well then, in that case, it's a, a 28, and then I also have a 25, but with the flanking, it's a 27. That's also a critical threat. I'm glad I reminded you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm... I can't tell if you've rolled a confirmation yet. I don't think that's true. But if you do, I'm going to throw a judicious force on the first one. Okay. I've got two. But yeah, I'll, the first one I will. Fantastic. A 28 and then a 23. So the 28 hits. But then the judicious force and then the flanking on top of that. Oh, are those your confirmation rolls? I thought you were yeah. rolling the rest of your stuff. Yeah, those are just the confirmation rolls. Uh, what was the, t- which one was the 23? You said 28 and 23, so I assume the 23 was the second one. Yes. In which case that does not crit, even with the flank. Oh, darn it, yep. Sorry, I, I uh... The 28, I was hoping yeah, Steve would, would use be, two, ju- two, two... It's Yeah, immediate action, I can only do one of them. What if I could, that, man? Still, though, fantastic. Next set, none of them hit. Okay. So a confirmed crit and a hit. 50. 50. Good damage. Matumbe. I think I think Matumbe's just gonna keep on what he's keep on doing what he's been doing. Two attacks. So first one. And this is continuing the bane. Um, I said that after I rolled my first one anyway, which is a three on the die, so it's not like I'm trying to sneak one past you. It's fine. I assumed the bane would continue. Yeah. Until uh, morale improves. Well. I don't know if Mario. I don't know if you have enough bane for that. <laughs> All right. Well, I can see that die, even though it popped out. That is a 19 off the die. That is going to go to a normal 24 flank and uh, bane 28. That hits. Hell yeah. Ooh, much better damage, too. 27 points of damage. You hit it. And it bruises up like a welt, and you see it start to throb faster and faster and pulse. It's like it has its own heartbeat, and now it's gone into a rapid cadence. And then it erupts, and I need everybody but Freya to make me a reflex save. Eclipse, take a minus four to this because you're grabbed by the creature. Maybe hitting it was a mistake. Okay, my reflex save would be a 16. Matsume is going to cash in the the um, the invested inspiration from his Lepidstat Investigator's cap, which I rolled a four on that die that I had set aside. That is going to bump it up to a dirty 20. Probably too low, but Air Bear, we'll see. 27. Air Bear, you take half. Eclipse, 
I rolled a nine on the die. My reflex save has a plus seven. This puts me, but then a minus four on it, so 12. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, you would have failed either way. Matumbe and Eclipse, you take full damage. Airberry, you take half. 25 points of damage as shards of bone rip through each of your bodies. And that's probably the only, like, the better part of this because those spawn that you saw earlier erupt out of the thing as well. One more reflex save, please. You don't take the minus four on this one now that it's exploded. I don't have the luck for this. Natural one. Oh, God. Uh, 26 for me. 28. Eclipse, you take this, the brunt of this shockwave as this spawning canker erupts and into your screaming mouth sails one of the slug spawn diving down into your throat. The rest of you manage to avoid them this round. I am over 100 hit points down. I'm surprised you're still up. And I can't heal you. All right. That's a lot of shit that just happened. All right, Eclipse, you're up. All right, so Eclipse knows that she is very, very low on health, but she also knows that cold will immediately kill this thing inside of her and everything around her, saving the rest of the party. If she were to do the same energy blast as before, she could kill herself in the process. But there is now a space open in front of her, and she's going to need to take the five-foot step up regardless because that's the only way to get everything in the room. So she's going to take the five-foot step up, and if Freya is able to see her, I would like to ready my action to do the cold after I get some sort of healing. Is that possible can Freya so you're gonna shout to Freya and say heal me yeah I, I actually Eclipse will shout heal me and then get ready to get a little cold be ready do you want to tell her to move away <laughs> oh yeah yeah also Freya get out of here <laughs> sure um, you can certainly ready an action for Freya to heal you Freya is up next in the order well actually what happens here is I need more reflex saves. One from each of you. Is Freya excluded from this? You're excluded. The They're okay. not going to go through the blade barrier. You're sure? There aren't like a couple that just try it out. Like, <laughs> just to see. <laughs> Only if they could take you with them. <laughs> well, I ain't going anywhere with them. Stranger Danger uh, with a natty 20 reflex state save. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. For a total of... I rolled a 33. four on the die, so I guess gobble me, swallow me. I got another. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Gross. Um, I'm at an 18 reflex, but I'm definitely throwing some inspo on this. Sure. Three. That's going to be a 21. All right. Matumbe and Eclipse. Damn. Have creatures that begin to crawl inside of them. Eclipse is now like... 50% slug spawn. <laughs> slug spawn. <laughs> With two, one one kind of crawls into her calf and gets up her leg into her torso. The other one is still hanging out like right above her uh, sternum. Matumbe, one latches on to your right buttock. 
No! <laughs> Only my wife can touch me there! <laughs> and uh, burrows beneath the skin. Should have stranger dangered that one. Really glad I readied my action because there's no way I wouldn't have done it now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, your readied action would go off after Freya uh, heals you. It is Freya's turn. Alright, seeing Matumbe take one of these creatures as well, Freya is going to channel to try to help everyone out here. Ooh, 21 points of healing. Oh, fuck yeah. That's very I rolled, good I stuff. rolled well. And then, uh, this does allow us the roll twice. Take the better. Sounds good. Clips, you're ready to action go. Well, Frey, you were told to move. Oh, Are you yes. going to get the hell out uh, of there? That was her standard action. She's going to book it back down the stairs. She only has 20 feet of movement, so however far that is. Clips, ready to action. All right, ready to action. Her uh, bear, Matumbe, and, for, and Eclipse all need to make a reflex save to not get the full damage. Unless you want to take the full damage. As, well, yeah, I'll, I'll take the reflex save, but yeah, uh, uh, flavorfully, as soon as Eclipse starts casting and we start seeing like a couple tiny flurries of snowflakes coming down, Matumbe, his eyes go wide. He knows what's about to happen. <laughs> and he spins around and points his ass at Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a roll twice, take the better. Yes, from Freya's uh, channel. I used it. I don't think it mattered. I got a 18. On the die? Total. Sorry. I also used mine 23. Uh, you passed there, Bear. Um, and Tumbe, you do not. And I rolled a 6 and a 2 on the die. So I also uh. fail. All right. Full damage coming at uh, Matumbe and Eclipse. Oh, boy. Oh, I see a lot of sixes over there. Like... It's a good Yahtzee score. 34 points of damage and Eclipse drops. You would have almost killed me too if we didn't get that healing. Oh. Eclipse is on the ground and bleeding out. Please tell me all of them are dead. Yes. My Thank ass you. is so frozen. <laughs> uh, Matumbe, do you have stabilize? Yes, I do. Okay. Then we can leave combat here. Okay. Good, I am stressed. Is the blade barrier still up? Uh, well, Eclipse is stable. The blade barrier is up for three more rounds, so you wait... Uh, a few seconds. Okay. Yeah, you wait a few seconds, and then it drops, and you're able to see to healing your friends. Oh, boy. So you guys heal up, and you're... It's, it's kind of eerily quiet here now. You don't hear any of the kind of disgusting squelching you've been hearing with the slug spawn and with the spawning canker. There is quite a bit of gear on the vizier's body, but one thing that you notice immediately, Matumbe, I'm not even going to make you roll a perception check on this. He's got a medallion around his neck that appears to have the same exact octopus fish combo symbol as the phase door. Oh, hell yeah. I think we just got our key. 
Why don't you guys give me uh, some spellcraft and I can let you know what the gear he has on him is. 28. 28. Rolled kind of low. It's pretty good. Oh. He has a special weapon. It's called a trident of warning. It counts as a plus two trident. However, it also enables its wielder to determine the location, depth, kind, and number of aquatic predators within 680 feet. You need to point it in order to use it to get such information, so it kind of gives you like a a hemisphere of information, and it requires one round to scan, but could be useful if you're going underwater. This certainly isn't some sort of treasure that is at all similar to the adamantine tankard is it how so that like it's useful for the rest of this like, adventure yeah <laughs> you i'm not telling you have to use it it's just a useful item i feel like it's something we're gonna have to use by that pond and everything else probably yeah we i made that mistake once <laughs> <laughs> sure uh you find a set of plus three chain mail she's wearing it's this silver and fish gold uh the links are kind of embossed with that fish gold he's got a cloak of resistance plus two a ring of force shield and something that would be very interesting to freya it's called a ring of protected life this one is it's kind of like an octopus tentacle all the way around that's cool This silver ring is set with a small and brilliant sapphire. If the wearer has the channel energy class feature, the radius of their channeled energy increases by five feet. Additionally, when the wearer channels energy, they may choose to exempt one creature from the effects of the channeling. If they have selective channeling, the ring of protected life increases the number of creatures they may normally exempt by one. Finally, once per day, The wearer may channel energy as a swift action that does not provoke attacks of opportunity. I like this. Oh, shit. That's amazing. However, doing so renders the ring of protected life inert for 24 hours, during which time it does not confer those other benefits. So it would Uh, shrink uh, your radius by five feet and you would lose that extra exclusion. But as a swift action once per day, you can... Worth... 100 I like that, yeah. yeah. In addition, he has a, uh, a non-magical but ceremonial-looking tiara and an unholy symbol of Dagon. Is he just wearing a tiara around? It's kind of like a... I, I could show you a picture of him. It's kind of like a, a giant fish head. Uh, That's not what I that would is consider not a tiara. A tiara. Well, they call it a tiara in the book. It looks like a, a little He's crayon. got like eight pounds of gold on his forehead. That's not a tiara. <laughs> well, you're, uh, you're innate. Uh, uh, tiaras are supposed to be dainty. Yeah, you, you would think that that tiara is worth about 500 gold. It's a massive, like, sunburst, people at home. It's this massive eight-pound-looking sunburst on his forehead. We gotta post a picture of this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But that's what you find on him. How about, how about the room he's in? Is there anything special about that? We haven't really talked about that at all. You make me a perception check. Ooh, I rolled really well. 
Where the fuck were these rolls earlier? Yeah, with the symbol pains doing me real dirty. 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a 31. 21. Is Frey still shaken? Uh, the shaken would wear off once the creature is dead. And then the actual phobia kind of wears off. Okay, that's Temporary. Good. Uh, that's a 19 then for Freya. Sure. As you examine the room, you do see that there is a, um, an elegant painting, although weathered, of a tall ship in the midst of a storm. This is over the fireplace here. Eclipse, you manage to make it out, even though it's smudged and weathered, that, um, the ship's bow has the name The Conqueror written on it, and you remember that that's Cassius Undiomede's ship, the former the founder of the town. Other than that, this is a relatively ornate room, and you would find uh, several pipes that are on kind of a pipe holder on the wall, as well as a scrimshaw carved into an unidentifiable mass of hair, seaweed, or tentacles. You can't really tell which. You find another carved out of soapstone in the form of a bizarre fish frog woman you could roll me a knowledge nature or a knowledge engineering these are these are kind of like the filigree on the three pipes one is this weird skirmishaw of the hair and mm-hmm. or seaweed or something and the other is the frog fish woman the other is just a kind of normal ornate pipe eclipse studies these super carefully racks her brain she's got tons of knowledges and then uh, realizes she has no idea what any of these are and calls over Matumbe because I do not have any of those. Matumbe thinks to himself, are these separate knowledge checks or just one? <laughs> uh, one was one was a dungeoneering, the other was a nature. Okay, I'll do dungeoneering first. 28. 28. You're really not sure. This, Which one was this? This is the one that you can't really make out if it's seaweed or hair or tentacles. Is this a monstrous-looking woman? Uh, that's not the one. All right. Never mind then. Yeah, nothing there. Knowledge, nature? Yeah. Fry's going to try to aid. She does not. This this similar paint's killing me. 26. Yeah, with a 26, this looks like a depiction of a scum. Although you know that scum can't be female. So that's Did weird. I know that? I mean, I you guess... You would know that from this check. Wow, okay. Interesting. Uh, scum can't be female, and so it looks like a female scum, but they don't exist. You you know, he's he's got this this thing in his hand. Hmm. Uh, someone's wishful thinking. <laughs> it reminds me of a great movie, uh Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it was killed Steve just by mentioning a movie. <laughs> it's it's a great movie for everyone out there. Uh there are Especially the kids, <laughs> as long as they're drinking kid beer. Frog people and uh there's one man left alive uh and his name is Hell and he comes to a certain town, <laughs> believe it or not. It's called Frog Town, inhabited by frog people. Well, I guess maybe we'll see if Air Bear comes to Frogtown later in this book. Yeah, I think I think there's some some sexy frog women in that in that movie. <laughs> uh, aside from these checks, you know that 
you know, if you were to take the painting down from the wall, you could probably sell it to an art collector for like 500 gold. But that's all that's really in this room. It looks kind of torn up. Looks like the vizier was looking for something, but doesn't look like he found anything. Hmm. There's a door to the south. You mean the door that Eclipse was in? Ah, yes. Eclipse, you would have seen the hallway in there. Yeah. Um, So there's a hallway beyond and a couple of other doors. Okay. Uh, Matumbe, you do remember that there were some items in the library that was presumably up here as well. I kick the door open because I'm getting at that library. Getting at the library. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Griffin, are these pipes on the wall like smoking pipes? Yes, or yes, they're, organ they're, pipes? they're smoking okay. pipes. Uh, they, I guess like... They're worth about, uh, worth about 100 gold each. So, I okay. mean, if you can get someone to buy a sexy frog lady pipe, which I guess Obviously. if you're going to frog town. We're going to take these pipes and smoke out the stable later. <laughs> good thing you took the horse back. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, uh, Matumbe looks at the door that he thinks leads to the library because he's got a very great location uh, ability here. Um, and he's just going to dive through the door, uh, full shoulder, blow it open to get into the library. <laughs> is he? Is he now? Did we all lose yep. our mind after His that location combat? skills are great. <laughs> yep. So you're taking kind of this first door here. Is that where you're heading? Or you yeah, at a full run. At a full run. Okay. Uh, then I won't describe the hallway at all. <laughs> you open up the door to the library and you almost fall over where the, where the floor is collapsed. But you hold yourself back. Uh, you see that portions of the ceiling and the floor of this chamber have collapsed, as well as a part of the eastern wall. The remnants of the wooden floor sag alarmingly. Bookshelves that still hold the moldering remains of their paper and parchment contents stand drunkenly against the walls. Uh, and you see a... It looks like a burlap sack. Yeah. But it looks oddly preserved. Okay, just in general exploring this place i'm going to be just doing my like gambits of perception checks and detect magic just let me know if i need to be actually doing that stuff yeah and a clip sure. will start touching things um but yeah if there's a if there's a suspicious sack here i want to peer into it uh well it's so it's it's strange here you you're detecting magic at it because it looks like it's preserved mm -hmm. so it's either not from the people in this house or it's somehow magical it doesn't appear magical. Interesting. And he's going to go over and pop it open. So you open it up and you find piles of clothing. Notably, it looks like clothing for a man and clothing for a, uh, a child. You find some toys. You find a decent amount of rations, although... Whether or not they're edible at this point is not uh, not clear. Mm -hmm. You find 200 platinum pieces. Wow. Oh. You find a journal and a doll. And the doll looks like a... Um, it looks like a mermaid. Emily, what should she pull out? I have a doll here that looks like a mermaid. It has blue hair and a blue tail with some gold fins and swimsuit. And if you pick the doll up, the tail is actually loose 
and it can transform into a human and back to a mermaid. Did you make that for us? I did. I made a little mermaid doll to go along uh, with the story. Griffin gave me a little bit of a heads up. This was actually the pattern that I would have used to make Lyra if she had lived. Oh. Oh. Fucking sad. Matumbe, probably of most note, is the journal. Okay. It has a name scrawled at the bottom, kind of imprinted into the leather. Manus Undiomede. All right. I, I, I guess he's going to crack it open and sees what he sees. Several interesting passages here. Interesting to you. Mm-hmm. How do you guys want to do this? Do you want me to go ahead and read them? I've given Steve a list of journal entries that your party would be interested in. And as you flip through the journal, actually a page falls out. A page that looks older, that looks torn on the side. It doesn't look like it was originally from this journal, but it was folded into the pages. Tumay's looking at this stuff. This does have some symbols on it, or rather one big symbol. There's a, a circle with a hexagon inside it. Within that hexagon are several occult-looking symbols. I'd, I'd have difficulty even kind of describing them. Lots of lines and, and uh, exotic-looking characters in there. But that is below uh, what looks like, honestly, like a prayer. A prayer or a poem. Actually, I, I'm, I'm leaning prayer. I'm definitely leaning prayer here. I, I guess I'm going to say this in Matumbe's voice, but he's not actually reading this aloud. Maybe he's just thinking it. Lo, Shabnagorath, great black goat of the woods, I call thee forth. And then there's instructions to kneel. So that's why I thought it was kind of a prayer. Answer the cry of thy servant, who knoweth the words of power. There's more directions here. Make the Vorish, V-O-O-R-I-S-H, sign. Not really sure what that is, but... Rise up, I say, from thy slumbers and come forth with a thousand more. Make the sign of the Kish. I think that's K-I-S-H. I make the signs, I speak the words that openeth the door. Come forth, I say, I turn the key. Now, walk the earth once more. So yeah, some sort of ritual or prayer here. That's disturbing. Griff, is there a knowledge I can do on either the prayer or the symbol or both? Yeah, I think religion would be appropriate here. Okay. Thank goodness you didn't say that out loud, because that would have just activated everything and started the apocalypse. What I'm worried about here. 25. 25, this certainly seems like a ritual to you, and you know Shubnagrath is one of the outer gods. Perhaps the journal entries would provide some context to this that's fallen out, but right now the... The sign, you think, is something that would be taken from, like, an instruction book. And this does seem to have been pulled out of another book that's not this journal. You think that would be something that you would draw on, like, the ground, on, like, a summoning circle. Interesting. All right, uh, Matumbe has what looks like, at least in, in my physical prop hands, it's three pages worth of text. He's going to leaf through them quickly before doing anything else. There are journal entries that have dates all associated with them. I'm counting five, eight different journal entries. Yeah, and they seem to date back. The earliest is 
4687. Yeah, so about 25 years ago. Yeah, 25-ish years ago. Don't know how we want to do this, just I can start reading and pass it around or or what? Or I can I can help read some, but uh in like as far as the character, I think Eclipse would have had focused more on the objects that have personal meaning mm-hmm. because that's what she usually gets more information out of. And so she would be less focused on the journal. So I could help read things out loud, but I don't think it makes sense that Eclipse maybe would read them. So why don't I go ahead and read them? And after each one, I'll let your characters react. Cool. Because I think you guys, especially maybe the characters that aren't Air Bear, might react <laughs> to these. So I imagine upon seeing, like, Matumbe now kind of rifling through this stuff and seeing this symbol and wanting to get some better context in the journal, he probably brings the rest of the group into the library to examine it. So Matumbe gathers the group around, and the first journal entry, not the first journal entry in the journal, but the first one that looks interesting is dated the 12th of Gosrin, 4687. Today we had one of the worst storms I've seen in my lifetime, and a pregnant woman appeared on our doorstep. She was gaunt and soaked and in no shape to be enduring the elements outside, so I brought her in despite my father's insistence that we leave her to her fate. I've set up a room for her, and I brought her down my old crib from the attic. I think we're going to need it soon. She told me her name is Lorna, but when I tried to pry further, she wouldn't speak. This day keeps getting more and more curious. My father told me I had an older sister named Lorna, but she was fostered with the neighbors before I was born. This woman has my hair, my skin, even my blue eyes. I'll talk to Father about it in the morning, but it does make me wonder. The next journal entry is quickly after that, on the 15th of Gazran, 4687. It took a few days out of the rain for Lorna to find her voice. I have been trying my best to make her feel welcome, but Father remains distant. Lorna told me that she needed to come here to have her child. Something about the strange stone pillars in the central hall. I know they were once a druidic circle, but Father only ever uses them for parties and performances these days. Lorna also told me about the fostering. The real fostering, not the stories I've been fed my whole life. She didn't have a place of power or an easy life. At least not until she was favored by something called the All-Mother. Instead, she and the other girls were treated like cattle by horrible fishmen. Forced to cater to their every whim and even breed with them. The thought of all of this makes me sick. I'll confront Father about this tonight. How could he knowingly do this to my sister? Another entry the next day. I can hardly put pen to paper for the rage I feel. Father is dead, but Lorna is safe. I confronted him about our guest and about the fostering, and he confirmed all of my suspicions. 
he knowingly handed his daughter over to those disgusting fishmen. And in exchange for what? The prosperity of Ilmarsh? What legacy have the Endiomedes wrought on this place? It ends here. Father now lies in a heap at the bottom of the stairs. I can see the murderous intent in his eyes, the gleam of steel behind his back as he approached Lorna's room. I tried to wrestle the blade out of his grasp, and he split me from eyebrow to lip with it. I don't know what came over me. Maybe it was self-defense. Maybe it was the growing realization that my reality is a sham. Maybe it was just an urge to protect my sister and give her a better life after she'd been wrong for so many years. Whatever it was, the blood and tears cleared from my good eye, and Claudius Undiomede was dashed upon the stones of the circle. The next entry is a couple of months later. The child was born last night. I tried to stay up to assist, but Lorna insisted that her friends from Down Bay would provide all the help necessary. They came after dark, all clad in purple robes, all except for one clad in yellow that appeared to be their leader. The house shook something fierce while Lorna was in labor, but my memory of the actual events fuzzy. Next thing I knew, it was morning. But my niece is an absolute delight. She's cute as a button. She has our family's blue eyes. What's strange is she's hardly cried at all. I already know I'm going to spoil her. She's had such a difficult start, but I think Lyra will be the miracle this family needs to move forward. And at this, you know, the party kind of comes to the realization of what's going on here. Freya takes a moment to soak in all of this information. She knew of Lyra. Uh, she didn't know her as well as the other members of the party, but she looks around. I knew Lyra came from a troubled past, but I had no idea. She was connected to all this. No wonder I keep seeing her in my visions. And Eclipse would be in a little bit of shock as she's seeing this. She'd start looking at the rest of the stuff really intently and just kind of under her breath. This is hers. This this is her stuff. As she begins looking through that. Yeah. Kind of concerned forehead wrinkles on, on Matumbe's brow. Um, as he As he continues to read deeper, I think he's starting to get absorbed in this um this is something we talked about in the last episode or two but yeah all roads led here and Lyra's story certainly indicated that there was something going on here so yeah air bear uh, reads the faces of everyone else here and can can see that they have a genuine connection and also inside of himself feel this rage that that this whole time the the vizier and vigor were, were doing these things and that's what this town was founded on or at least prospered from well now that you've seen Lyra's name Matumbe is kind of flipping through rapidly trying to find more entries uh, about her and he finds one on the 11th of Cathona 
4690. Lyra and I had a wonderful ascension day. I bought her a special doll for the occasion, a little mermaid girl that reminds me of her. She was so thankful and gracious. I don't know where she gets it from. Lorna has become more and more distant lately, so much so that I feel like I'm raising young Lyra myself at times. I never thought I would do well with children, but I think I'm shaping up as a pretty good uncle. What worries me is that the time Lyra does spend with her mother. What worries me is the time Lyra does spend with her mother. They often leave the property to go God knows where. She mentions things to me that seem queer, like being forced to sing. Maybe it's the musings of a child, but I'm none too sure. She was, what, three at this point? Yeah. Seventh of Harassed, 4691. I followed my sister and niece today to see what they were getting up to. To my surprise, they chartered a rowboat and headed out to the Turn Rocks. I lost sight of them after a while, but they didn't return in the 90 minutes I waited there. So I took the opportunity to scour Lorna's belongings for any clues. What I found I still can't wrap my head around. Notes. Rituals all relating to something called the Black Goat with a Thousand Young. It sounds like something ancient, and some, somehow Lorna has involved Lyra in all of it. She's the key, or rather her voice is the key to something. The next entry, and this, you see the pages are bent a little. It looks like this is where your uh, ritual sheet fell out of. All of the notes, all of the rituals, they all point to an outer god called Shubnagrath. I've procured an ancient tome to help me learn more, but I find myself dazed after reading it. I've left the relevant text here. Gods protect us. You page forward to the final entry in the journal. 28th of Neth, 4693. They are going to sacrifice my niece to summon an old god. I've poured myself into my studies. I've gone half insane trying to decipher the book of abstruse geometries in search of answers. I finally found out what they're doing with my niece. They're preparing her for a ritual, like a lamb to a slaughter. I overheard Lorna with one of her strange bedfellows the other evening, describing how Lyra is ready. My niece won't be taken from me so easily. I've called an old friend, Petros Lorimore, to assemble a team to help me extract Lyra from this vile cult. Our bags are packed and ready to go. I need only meet Petros tomorrow at the old docks outside of town. I'll bring Lyra back here, and then my old friends offered us safe haven in a small town called Ravengrow. I can't wait to be free from all of this. I just want Lyra to be able to have a normal childhood. And that's it. It would appear that some of the final puzzle pieces in the mystery that was Lyra's life have come together. She is intrinsically tied to this old god and the rituals in this town. I think we finally figured out exactly what she was doing at Ravengrow those months ago, Eclipse. Yeah, but if they were supposed to pack the bag and then go to Ravengrow, 
what's it doing here? And she never mentioned an uncle. She mentioned someone totally different raising her. And Eclipse is going to thumb through some of the items, maybe pick them up here and there to try and get a better picture because she does have object reading. So she's looking and, and, tr- and trying to feel what might have a different effect. Yeah, at this point, the mirror on your side begins to rattle. That's Liana. So you pick it up and you see Liana looking back at you through the mirror. Oh no, she almost never does that. And the mirror gets hot and it burns you for a second. You drop it, lands face up and the dead little girl crawls out of the mirror. That looks like a nice dolly. We should take it with us. And you see Liana cross the room and out from the bag and from the doll manifests another spirit. Oh, Liana, wait. Last time. We don't know who that is. Right, like fucking... I'm, like, getting the book out ready to fight because every time a ghost shows up, like, it's battle time. <laughs> that is if, like, we all can see this. You don't. Okay, it's just it's you just Eclipse. Eclipse drop the mirror. Okay. Don't worry, Eclipse. He's nice. I know it. And the rest of you can now see the doll. Eclipse, you see a young man. He can't be... Much older than 25. He's got these bright blue eyes, shaggy, darker hair, and he reminds you a lot of your old friend. And he picks the doll up. Have this. And he hands it to Liana, and she kind of runs back to you, to the mirror. And the man walks slowly behind her and reaches out a hand to you. My name's Manus. I've been stuck here for a long time. Who are you? I'm Eclipse. And you're... You're his uncle. At this he perks up. You... How did you know Lyra? We... We met in Ravengrove. <laughs> that, that means she survived. Oh no. Don't make me do this. Um... She did. For a time. And he... Looks kind of introspective here. I tried... To keep her safe. From yeah. her mother. And... And she lived... She lived long enough that she was on a mission and and died trying to work towards ridding an evil in this world. I want to show you something. It's why I've been stuck here all this time. And he, he finally clasps your hand to shake it. A familiar to us the player's scene develops. You see a 
waterlogged cavern. But this time, instead of a party of four, there is a party of five. Manus Undiomede stands with Lorimore and the rest of the party that would come to save Lyra. But this time, through the carnage, it's not Mikhail that runs forward to grab Lyra, it's her uncle. And as he does, she sings, and the dark energy ripples through the cavern, killing him. And as he drops into the waves, the rest of the party is able to save her. It sounds like my friends were able to keep Lyra safe and get her away from this place where I failed. I'm at least happy for the time she got to spend away from here. She was a great friend. Hopefully she had somewhat of a normal life. Is, is that what brings you to this place? We continued on the same fight that we've been on since we met Lyra to prevent a great evil from taking the world. I just didn't expect to find all of this. I... It's, it's been a long time since I've interacted with anybody. But I can still feel my sister. And her power is growing. I know you said that Lyra is gone. But I can feel her too. I asked her to come with me. She didn't. Well, I can. If you're going to stop whatever's happening in this place, I want to help you. If my niece and my sister have something to do with what's happening here, I need to help you end it. I don't think I'll ever move on if I don't. I'd be happy for you to join us. I just... I can't guarantee that you're going to be able to go once we're done here. I'm not so great at that part. Well, if that's the price I pay for helping my niece again, I'll pay that price. I won't do anyone any good stuck here. You're welcome to join then. And maybe... Maybe you'll get along with the others. You already met Liana. She seemed like a good kid. And with that, he would fade into the doll. And with all of this information, the group feels a little bit stronger because you've leveled up. Is that so? Oh my god. Wow. So I'm going to need you guys to finish your drinks because we'll see you next week. Definitely knew it. Oh my god. All right. Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Carrying Crown is copyright 2011. Carrying Crown and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Inc. and used with permission.